what are some common mistakes, like those kind of red flags that you see when you're auditing other profiles? The main two are probably one, like there's not consistent with it. And so they'll give it a go for uh, two weeks, three weeks. I think that's number one. So I think every brand will inevitably, especially now, given the scale that there is in the platform, like you're going to have to fight a bit with the algorithms to actually get the views you want. Uh, whereas with us, like one or two weeks in, we're getting like millions of views per day and it was just a different story. Now that's far less likely to occur, but still is happening. Hello and welcome to e-commerce uncovered. I'm your host, Matt Lady. My mission with the show is to provide tactical and practical information and insight for D2C brands to grow profitably and sustainably. Each and every week I get to chat with and learn from a variety of passionate, intelligent founders, operators, and practitioners in the wonderful world of e-commerce. Thanks for joining if it's your first episode and welcome back if you're a returning listener. Today's episode is with a college dropout turned seven figure brand owner. And they've amassed over 47 million views on their brand hashtag alone on TikTok. His YouTube channel, Ecom Street, has over 4,000 subscribers and over 200,000 views, where he and his business partner share lessons and insights from their own journey and interview others about how to grow your e-commerce brand. Please welcome to the show, Corey Nicholson. Corey, how's it going, man? Hey, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. What well, Awesome. Love to hear that. I am excited to chat. So who the heck should be on TikTok when we're talking about e-commerce brands? Um, everyone, I think everyone should be on TikTok. Um, minor quick background on me. You did a pretty good job, but, um, uh, my partner and I launched this e-commerce business called peachy shapewear in the middle of 2020. And this was when TikTok was not even relevant. Like no one was on there. And even back then our strategy was just to comment on big brands pages and try to steal customers. But then we started uploading videos and that's how we really obviously started to see leverage and see things grow. And so Obviously, timing was part of it with COVID and TikTok and being early. But with that, yeah, we were going a brand with 170K followers now and TikTok accounts for a lot of our revenue. Like there's just every day a consistent flow of customers and orders and traffic coming in that, that you can then retarget or collect emails with, et cetera. And so for the past six, eight, nine months or whatever, I've been preaching to as many founders as I can to get on TikTok and less of maybe Facebook or whatever else is draining their money because organic sales is obviously one good thing to have. Okay, so everyone and their mother should be everyone. on TikTok. Got it. Okay, so well, they already are. That. Yeah, they already are. Yeah, like they already are there. Bigger than Google last year. Yeah, yeah. So everyone should be on it. Got it. And they already are there. So if it's day one, if I'm listening to this right now and I want to start on TikTok today, I'm not on it yet for some reason. Where do I start? How do I start? What sort of resources do I need? What kind of people do I need? Like how, what would you tell someone that's just getting started today? Right. Well, assuming they already have a brand and they already have some content they've ran on Facebook or Instagram, the first 30 days looks like spending 20 minutes a day on TikTok's for you page, just seeing what's relevant in your niche. So if you sell candles, that's looking at candle DIY, candle making, etc. If you're selling skincare, like you know where to go, like watching the influencers do their thing. That's just like to understand the language. So like you're, you're not going to see like a direct just ROI on that right away. But over time, if you slash your team members doing that, they're just going to understand to talk more than like YouTube because they're obviously different verticals. So that's like part one. Part two is then taking all of your winning hooks from Facebook or email marketing or whatever, like, you know, has already worked well in a different medium and just like reorganizing that and just like recycling that into TikTok. And that's like the first 30 days of things that I, would, I advise pretty much every brand to do that we speak with. It's just, those things alone will get the ball rolling and the views you get and revenue from that is just um, like 
obviously in the beginning it's slower, but as things compound and you leverage other channels, like we can talk more about YouTube shorts and Instagram reels, um, things start to really compound a lot more than like you, most brands probably think. Right. So YouTube shorts and Instagram reels, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that is those are the similar short form vertical uh, responses from those platforms essentially to uh, TikTok getting, you know, growing in popularity. So would you just straight at the beginning, would you just straight up just repurpose your TikToks onto those channels and just kind of copy and paste? Or how would you like leverage those two as well? Or and or how do they differ from TikTok? I would say for the most part, um, it's pretty much the same stuff. Like if you go into YouTube Shorts right now and spend some time, almost everything you see on there is TikToks, like just like watermark stuff that like they just re-upload. So I think for most brands, unless they have like a huge content team and they're doing it huge already, I think that's just a fine way to get into the game. We're still trying to figure out Shorts and Reels, but... Um, I, I would generally say, yeah, if you're starting out fresh, there's no harm in posting to all three. And I've met founders that have like slowly been starting to say like YouTube shorts is actually more lucrative than TikTok. So we're leaning into that for sure. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Might as well, if you have it, might as well repurpose it, reuse it. it takes a, a couple extra seconds, a minute to pretty much upload it. Yeah. To another one. So then you're getting started. You said the first 30 days kind of, see what other competitors are doing, learn how to speak the TikTok language, how to style your content and adapt it from previous platforms. So then from that 30 days or during that time, what are some of the metrics, some of the stats you're looking at? What are the numbers meet? Like how important are followers? How important are views? Is it comments? Like what should you be focusing on when you're just getting off the ground? Yeah, I think follower count is really overrated, especially on TikTok. I think follower count is like tremendously overrated. And the only baseline metric that we follow um, is views. That, that's basically it. So either if we're looking at, at creators on TikTok to work with, rarely am I telling my employees to look at their following. It's more about views and maybe engagement rate. But followers is such a vanity metric, just like revenue, where it can be telling a lot of different stories. So you don't know who those followers are. There's just so much under the covers. And so... Views is the most important thing for sure. And um, uh, whenever we post videos, we know that it's going to take at least four, five, six times to get something right. And so we're not going to get down on ourselves if in the first month we don't get any views or maybe like your videos are getting 200 views. That's fine as long as you're hitting off this like main checklist of which basically consists of like, are these videos native to TikTok? Yes. Like, so it's like, are you using like the native text? Are your videos formatted to 916? Because most brands are taking their Facebook ads that are in square format or four or five format and re-uploading them. Um, that's a big red flag. I get the concept, but it's definitely just not going to be pushed out as much. So keeping it native, check. Um, are you relevant slash like on trend? So like kind of, are you speaking that language is like the second one. And for founders that are older, I don't, I don't know how to put an age limit on that, but like the older they get, the harder it kind of is. And so having a younger, younger gun on your team or helping you out, whatever, is just going to, make things compound so much more than if you're just doing it alone and just kind of being boring with it. Um, and then I guess number three on that checklist would just be how do your thumbnails look? Because at the same time, I know that um, like a lot of the videos that people watch these days are on the For You page, but more often than not, people are now coming to TikTok to search for things. So instead of going to Google to search for cooking recipes or dress hacks or whatever, dog food, they're actually coming they're not going to Google, they're going to TikTok. And that thumbnail that you have is going to play a big role. Of course, ranking as well. But, you know, if you're fourth or fifth on the list, but your thumbnail is pretty garbage, 
um, that's a problem. So just optimizing that, making that clean, bright, having some text that's clickbaity, it's not very hard. Like you don't have to like be a genius with like your copywriting, but it is important to have something there that's just clicky. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, you want to entice that click, get someone to stop. <laughs> There's so many options. They're searching for it. Ah, oh, this one, yeah. It clearly tells me what I'm going to expect or that sounds interesting. So it's more likely to click on it. More and more people are searching instead of on Google, they're on TikTok now. Yeah, uh, which is scary. scary. Like, I, I, when I first heard that stat a few months ago, I was mind blown, but it's true and like it's actually happening. Uh, so, I mean, uh, optimizing those thumbnails can be something that's super lucrative because even sometimes a video that has not that many views will show up first, depending on how like keyword specific it is in the thumbnail and the title. So um, another huge just place to capitalize there. Yeah. Speaking of search, um, I'm, I'm not super big on TikTok yet and not tripling down on it and super big, but I've heard things like trying to optimize for search, almost like you would SEO blog posts or websites and stuff. So tell me a little bit more about TikTok search. Is it like the text on the screen and the caption and like hashtags or like what kind of goes into search for TikTok? Yeah, you pretty much nailed it on the head. I would say that um, obviously the more occurring a word is in the video slash text, the better, just like similar to blog posts with SEO. It's pretty much the same stuff. Um, and we've like seen, I don't have like actual figures on this, but we've just seen in general views go higher and engagement be better. Like we're reaching the right audience more often than not when using the same keyword three, four, five times in the text, like an actual video slash the girl actually speaking it. And then also in the thumbnail, because even... Um, and anytime you're uploading a video with someone speaking and you turn those captions on, that's also a little small game changer. Cause then, um, it's just like better ranking. It just it stocks, stacks, the stacks the odds more in your favor when you kind of have this, um, caption displaying the whole time. Got it. So get, make sure your keyword is on the text on the screen. They're saying it and it's in the, uh, text associated with the post. So it's like in multiple places, you're more likely to show up. Okay. Yeah. As long as you're actually making also like the whole bottom line, like these are all like secondary, I guess, yeah. like pointers in the main, it's just like making interesting content. Like you just got to make, do you sell something interesting and like, can you make it fun and entertaining? If you do, then everything else is kind of rubbish and just like small tweaks. Like as long as what you're doing is, you know, entertaining to some extent and rather that be through like ASMR style, if you're in that kind of like realm, which is, I see a lot of small businesses doing it's like very like aesthetic. Or maybe you're in like something that does like a before and after effect where like you're helping someone with X problem, whatever that is, like cleaning, kitchen product, et cetera. Like if that's entertaining and good quality and like you're, you know, you're putting effort into content production and like collecting UGC from customers or filming some stuff in studio, that's the kind of like a trade-off there. Um, everything else, like the hashtag you use, whatever, is just going to, just an add-on. That's so, for sure. So it's, it's like the 80-20. So focus on the creativity, the concept, the actual content. And then the titles, the hashtags, the thumbnail, that's the 20%. That's the, yeah. that's the bonus. Got it. Icing on the cake. So we've talked about what brands, like what you should do when you're getting started. If you're kind of early days. Um, you've been on TikTok for a few years now, and you actually also help other brands with their own TikTok. So when you're looking at brands out there right now, whether they're big, whether they're small, like what are some common mistakes or common frustrations that you see of like, oh, they should totally do this instead. What are some like those kind of red flags that you see when you're auditing other profiles? 
I think the main two are probably one, they're just not posting at all. Like they're just not consistent with it. And so they'll give it a go for uh, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, we had someone on it for a bit and wasn't seeing the ROI, so they ditch it. I think that's number one. So I think every brand will inevitably, especially now, given the scale that there is in the platform, like you're going to have to fight a bit with the algorithms to actually get the views you want. Uh, whereas with us, like one or two weeks in, we're getting like millions of views per day and it was just a different story. Now that's far less likely to occur, but still is happening more than any other platform. So number one, is just not posting. Number two, I would just say is like what I was touching on earlier, where it's just like you're repurposing your Facebook ads, but not actually like recreating the content. You're just like reposting it there. You're reposting old TikToks. You're not really listening to what customers are saying, like responding to comments and like having these like live features, I guess, um, in play. I said that's what it is. Just yeah, it's like actually putting the effort into production. And then um, those are like kind of the main three that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so just like not using the platform as it's intended and just trying to treat it like uh, put it on the back burner. Like it's, it's, it's a huge, it can be a huge area for growth um, and building community and getting feedback and word of mouth and all that stuff. Huge. So just, yeah, yeah just like stick with it. It'll, it'll take a little bit more time to ramp up compared to if you got on it two years ago. So that's good to know. Um, exactly. And, and it all just comes down to entertainment. Like 99.9% of the people on there are just there to be entertained and informed. And if they are hit with the right angle at the right time, they'll go make that purchase. And so there's this brand that I was following. I, I still don't think they've done any e-commerce, like any like paid marketing, but there was a pre-workout brand that launched this dude. I forget his name. I forget the company name. I'll find it maybe for the show notes. But um, they were just set up a camera in like a local gym. And just said, getting customers to try our flavored uh, protein powder. It was protein powder that they made that wasn't actually like, tastes like chocolate. Vanilla was like fruit punch, whatever. And um, those are the videos. That's all it was. It was just people trying it saying, wow, this tastes good. Never seen it before. Racked in millions of views and got like their first 100K in revenue just from that alone. And then once you're in that position, you can then figure out the capital and how much you want to do with paid or influencers or whatever. Like, sure, like those aren't bad things. But when cash is tight and you're just like, look, I have 2K in this bank account. How do I make this grow? Um, it's not going to be through Facebook ads. It's going to be through this organic strategy that we're seeing now, where it's more entertainment, building that top of funnel out, and then you can optimize lower afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a, a really good point and really cool uh, to bring up the entertainment value and why, like what the platform's for. People are there That's to the laugh. entertainment side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, there's also the entertainment side and the education side. And so I think the best example for that, for the, so entertainment, like there's endless ones, like obviously PG, um, this, this, uh, protein powder one, I think on the other side for education, there's this, um, founder who I really, I met once over in, um, Salt Lake city and he's on Twitter. His name's Isaac. Um, he sells, uh, these like mini katana swords. And oh so yeah. To talk, you've probably seen them. Yeah. They're called mini katana. And he's publicly shared out. They're at like an eight-figure run rate all through organic marketing. And he's like the main person telling me, do like posts on YouTube shorts, like posts on Instagram reels as well. And if you look at his content, it's less of like, oh, like getting a customer to try this. Like, oh, we're the best. Flash sale. It's more just about educational, like eight ways to use this thing correctly or how sharp can this thing get or why X customer did this. Um, and so if you took a deep look on there and then combine the both, it's probably the best thing to set you up. Yeah. Okay, so entertainment uh, or education, maybe sometimes both, depending on the, your type of brand. So, yeah, it really depends. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so then um, that kind of that kind of goes into the next point of like, what are brands doing right on TikTok? And it's ed education, entertainment, right? But 
are there certain like categories or certain buckets to like these are common pillars or common things we hey client like here are the four kinds of videos you should be making or is it less structured than that is it kind of just make sure it's entertaining and uh, educational like how do, how do you think about uh, that i think that like with any platform growth when something like this explodes like when social media first started working even before that when email started working like we'll just see like sophisticated people come in like agencies or whatever and like create a whole structure around it. And so if you're in that boat and you want a structure, there definitely is that. I think that it's more about being free flow and just like having ideas on the spot, posting them and just recreating what's working. I think that's the most important thing. So like when you ask me, what are the best brands doing right now to talk? Well, it depends on the niche a little bit. Like if, you, if you're in apparel or beauty, um, pets, anything like that, like which is probably a lot of people like beauty, pets, fashion, skincare, whatever. Um, you're, like you're, you're in the right boat and that's just about like yeah tripling down and once you find a video that decently works like doing that 10 times and just like minor tweaks in the scroll stopper or like and who's in the video what's going on that's number one um but other than structure like that i was like 25 percent of the videos can be like trendy stuff so like you see other people in your space making these videos about asmr stuff or whatever it is for your niche it's just kind of copying that that's like the right word to use it's just copying um essentially and then Another 25% would be like, I guess, responding to customer comments on your videos, like with a reply feature, or even like taking your reviews from your website and just addressing those problems. That's around 25%, maybe 40%, whatever. Um, uh, and then the rest, I guess, would be if you have any influencer content, like collecting content from influencers and just repurposing that um, and using like storytelling, education, showing exactly like why it is they do what they do and sharing the mission. If you're a founder-led brand where you're the face of the brand, it's even better and you can put yourself in there a lot more than some other people can, but uh, generally the focus on the product and like the customers and kind of what problems it's solving for them and just making it fun. Making it fun. Making it's it fun is, is, is hard <laughs> at times, but it is very uh, hard. Yeah. It, on the nature, but I think that most people can get more creative with it than they think. And like the best way to be profitable in any marketing is through the creative, which as the name suggests, is just like getting smart with it. And we've seen like too many brands do this. There's like even just like we've seen production videos get like millions of views where like a, a girl will have a small business over in Utah and just show her packing process of like getting an order, printing the nice label, putting it on the bag and kind of shipping out the package, stuff like that, where it's nothing special, but it's just creative, satisfying, nice. And she just repeats that. Um, that's all it is. There's like a brand yeah. called Britney's Candles. Britney's Candles is doing this kind of where like she'll make custom candles based on a customer content. Like a customer will comment, sorry, just saying, hey, can you make this version of a candle, this whatever, and she'll just take them through like that 30-second process of pouring the candle, the wax, the satisfying stuff, and that's it. So there's nothing crazy to it, but it's just uh, fun to watch. And so you might not see a direct ROI on that like right away. Like You're not going to see like your sales just explode. But a, a week later, two weeks later, when it's someone's birthday, you will buy a candle, like you're thinking of that brand new song to talk, not like the one on the shelf at HomeSense. It's, that's like where like the real ROI is from yeah yeah it's not it's not just uh hey i'm pushing out a hundred dollars of facebook ads today i got 200 back today and i got a 2x ROS. cool it's it's more long term it's building this funnel this community and it's really investing into the long tail and long form uh of like the long run right like uh so when you are ready for that decision and you're thinking of like birthday present for someone, 
it's that candle. It's that yeah. shirt you just saw. It's the bikini. It's the skincare. It's the makeup. Whatever it is. Um, and it's not always that same day. Like, oh my gosh, I just saw this. Um, so you're not you're not you're not saying be on TikTok, get immediate sales the same day. You're saying invest into this channel because it's going to be around. It's going to it's it's been around. Uh, people saw have seen success from it, and there people are going to keep seeing success from it. Exactly. Yeah. And if there's any social media platform that you can post on organically and see any kind of ROI, it's definitely here versus like your typical Instagram grid post or Facebook. It's kind of maybe like Pinterest or something, but it's more just on TikTok. That's where everyone is. Um, so I just, just like Gary Vee famously says, like, I just go where the eyeballs go. That's kind of like w- what I do. And like one area where I'm lacking that I really hope most people listening also do is like look into YouTube shorts as well. I'm trying to crack the code. If you find, if you go look right now, we're doing pretty bad on there. A couple thousand views in some videos, but we're going to really try fixing that over the next 30 days and see how much more we can make from those. It seems like, it just seems like a big opportunity as well. YouTube already has a huge uh, user base and YouTube shows up on Google search already. Cause exactly. You know, Google and YouTube are together, they're buddies. So I think shorts is just that. And anytime uh, these platforms have these new features, these new opportunities, they like pushing them out. So YouTube shorts is relatively new. So I think uh, I think you're r- on the right track and I think you'll end up cracking it like you did TikTok. Um, just cause some people don't use TikTok. Like, like some just don't, but they all day they're on YouTube. So you're just kind of exactly. missing it's out. It's important to be on both. And if you're a brand that has like zero idea how to do both and like you're out of ideas, I think some people just get so branded and they need like a whole refresher. Um, a content gold mine is probably Reddit. Like whenever you're stuck with an idea, just search up whatever space you're in. So say it's fishing, say it's beauty, whatever, just spend an hour a day with you and your team, just going through Reddit posts and taking those main I guess like gold nuggets from those posts and putting it to like a Google doc or a sheet and just executing on those, that's enough to get you going. And then inevitably one of them are going to hit, you know how to triple down, get more content. Um, but that's how I'd start. Like just getting ideas wherever you can for most e-commerce brands. I would think that's Reddit, like where customers are, or Quora, Reddit or Quora. Those are, yeah, those are great options and great, uh, ideas that are often forgotten and overlooked. And it's just, free it's just there it's public people telling talking about what they want to talk about <laughs> and they're sharing their real feelings um so reddit and quora as well okay so next next one i got for you is the next few things i'm going to ask you rate one through ten on how important they are for growing your account so the first one is posting frequency and volume of posts one through ten how important is that I would say nine. Nine. Okay. I'll, I'll, we'll go through them all and then I'll come back and ask you why. Uh, hashtags. Um, six. Uh, sounds or audio. I would say seven. And then sort of uh, general trends and like things that are up and down like that. They spike for it and they're popular for a second and then they go away. I was like nine. Okay. So, uh, interesting. So let's go back. So posting frequency and volume of posts. Why did you give that a nine? Um, cause you just gotta get your reps in as anything else. Like you gotta get your reps in. I think that you don't need to do it crazy. 
So you don't need to go zero to 100, but just posting twice a day, even once a day, if you just literally just don't have the time for it, just put effort into one video a day. That's all like they're asking for. Like they mean the algorithm. Once or twice a day, it's all you need to do, really. And, and that's very important, especially in the beginning is getting your reps in. And I've seen this with creators as well. Like we were doing a collab with a creator and she was posting every day, great. Then she had something happen with her family, whatever. Didn't post for five days. Next video she posted was our stuff. It didn't do as well at all. Like the, the views were down like 80% than usual. Sucked, but we know why. It's because, you know, even just being inconsistent for a couple of days, um, you know, you get penalized for that, which is unfortunate. Like, does that suck? Is it like incredibly monopolistic for these companies to do that to creators? Yes, but it's how the game is played. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's important to keep up. So it's maybe not as much as frequency as consistency is, is more important, especially in the beginning, get those reps in, uh, that makes sense. So hashtags, it was your lowest rating. So tell me why that was a six. I just think that if people could growth hack with just hashtags alone, like it would be unfair. I, I was like, we were kind of saying like the hashtags are just like icing on the cake. Uh, so, I mean, adding them and, you know, it would definitely help with ranking better. And like, you want to work smarter and not harder. So like including them is definitely important, but it's not going to 360 your, your page. Cause everyone that's already doing hashtags, like they're not, if you're selling, you know, fishing stuff, like you're not putting pet stuff in the hashtags. Like you're already pre- you're already staying pretty relevant. So like, you're not going to find one hashtag to separate you and just like grow your views. So I would say six or seven. Yeah. Just use them to stay relevant and get in front of a better audience. Okay. And then for the sounds and audio, you said seven, uh, why, why, why are those important and how should we be thinking about those? Yeah, I'd say seven or eight. Cause it kind of also corresponds with the last one about like trends. Cause usually that's what, that's what goes viral. But, um, I would say in general, like the sound you use, isn't that important. It's more about the content actually in the video. And so I've seen the same sounds since like 2020, 2021, just kind of being reused and like, no one seems to mind cause it's always just natural. Um, so I don't put as much as an emphasis on that as maybe some other brands do. But I would say, yeah, probably like eight. Okay. Yeah, the trends uh, kind of surprised me. I thought they were not as important, but you said nine. And so I want to hear more about that. Yeah, I think as the world expands, as technology gets more and more advanced and everything, there's nothing more important than staying relevant to your customer. Like, And that means, it's even with fashion brands, like we're seeing technologies and even big companies like Shein or whatever, like, be able just to launch new products and new SKUs within like 10, 20 days. Like there's like a fast turnaround of brand new SKUs and like it's just such a fast moving industry. And so same with TikTok, um, there's trends that last three, four, five days. And if you're that person who manages social media for X company and you see that the trend's only like three hours old, um, jumping on that is going to result in a huge spike of views more often than not if you're early. Um, is that like going to be consistent and like a solid strategy? No, but now you have a boost in following that you can then go back to keep posting more. Um, and once you hit your first 10 K followers, like going to hundred K is much easier than going from zero to 10, just snowballs just through any platform. And so, yeah, trends in the beginning is really how to get on, um, on the wave of like to talk, like favoring you. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's a way to get those eyeballs and get extra attention on your account for that brief moment in time. Like you said, it's not. You're not going to get that level of eyeballs all the time. It's just a trend. It's just, it's kind of uh, in the moment sort of thing. So yeah. yeah. The trend also has to be relevant. Like if you're selling fishing, I don't know why I keep saying fishing. I don't even fish, but if it's a fishing brand and someone's dancing, like you're probably not going to fit in as well as something else in that space. 
So you have to stay somewhat relevant or find a super creative way to plug it in. A lot of stuff on the app is still about like dancing and relationships, which I think you can tie into most brands. Um, but yeah, don't force it if it's not there and you're, you're just going to miss out on some trends that don't really fit your niche, even though they're, they're booming and you're early. That's fine. But yeah, just make sure it makes sense before you do it. So uh, how how would one like notice like notice and follow these trends? I know like, yeah, be on the platform and just like scroll and figure it out. But your for you page is only like it, over time, it's your interest and what you interact with and what you like and what you engage with, right? So how do you still uh, absorb and take in trends and what's popular in other niche, like interests and niches that aren't on your page? Like, are there newsletters you follow or podcasts or people you talk to or like, where do you, where do you like get those, that information for these well, other Personally, like myself, like it's surprising maybe for most people, but I don't spend a lot of time on that app. And so I get a lot of my ideas from people that are similar to my age, asking my friends, asking my girlfriend, like what's trending, what have you been seeing? And just spending 10, 15 minutes doing that. And so if you have kids, if you have people that are younger, under 25, whatever, talk to them. Like that's also like, it's like one of the scrappier ways to do it. But I think that's still the best way is to yeah, spend time on the platform and remember that like TikTok wants you to see these trends. And so you don't have to dig, you don't have to go very far for them. Like you're going to see them and it's going to be pretty clear inside like what's trending and what's not. You'll see it within the first couple scrolls on the For You page. So you have to go very far for that. It's just about being early and like capitalizing, making it creative. But you'll also see some people in place where you're just posting once a day and that's just generating interest and getting views and growing the brand name. Then you want to spend more of your time sending these like free samples and PR packages to influencers across the globe, especially in your niche. So we didn't touch on that, but um, shipping them to micro creators across TikTok and there's a certain way to do this and a certain script. And so I can touch on that as well. But um, doing that for 60% of your time is like huge, like 65%, whatever, um, shipping those out. And then with the posts you get from there, plus all the organic content you already have from posting on your TikTok, Run those, run those as paid Spark ads. Um, if you're a big brand with like already like a decent sized following, people know who you are from like other mediums, then run Spark ads. If you're an unknown brand, like zero customers, zero everything, probably don't do that and actually run it through TikTok's like business manager thing where you don't do Spark ads. There's like two ways to run ads on there. Um, but we do Spark, we see high click-through rates from that. I think there's like some nuance there. Um, that's the, how to kill like three birds, four birds with one stone. So organic, you're doing the seeding stuff with the creators and you're running paid spark ads and doing it all again and running ads to either your landing page or a quiz. We're working on a quiz and you'll just double your email collection that way. And then everything else, like your welcome series will just carry the revenue from there. Man. Yeah. That was a lot of good stuff on paid. Uh, just to reiterate is for you guys, especially you've been seeing like interest stacking work better um, for your brand. And when you're getting started, Think about 200 a day, which is about 6K a month um, as a starting point to make sure you're getting in a volume through uh, and getting the machine learning started and learning about your brand and your products and then influence like influencer and micro creator seating. So the Corey, that cost me money to send out my free products, but like you got you have to spend money somehow right whether it's free yeah. product or on ads or the time in the studio to make content so how would you kind of recommend um maybe someone's just getting started like they have we talked about earlier 30 days first 30 days post once a day 
and do all this research. And so what would you recommend is a starting kind of influencer or, or seeding plan or kind of prescription for a new brand on TikTok? Yeah, it's going to be really case by case, depending on what you're selling, the AOV, the LTV, like how you kind of push that. I'm going to try keeping it broad. Um, and the way I like to think about this whole, especially like the seeding and micro creator strategy, um, we did, we were able to get some, some funding partners from like Shopify Capital and ClearCo. Um, those are definitely the made to along from the bank, but nothing diluted for sure. And I think that those options are definitely healthy, especially obviously the bank. But if you can't go to the bank, you're new, there's no track record. Um, especially now with like inflation and everything, they're all tighter. Um, Shopify Capital and ClearCo are good options. You just need to make sure that like the amount you're taking really fits into like, um, what percentage of sales will be taken from you and like, like negotiate every point you can get every interest you can get. And those offers that they first send you, I wish I knew this back then, but like, the offers they first send you aren't just like final. Like you can, like, this is a game of negotiating. This is a game of getting like deals done and both parties should have to fight a little bit before just kind of walking off. And I feel like a lot of founders get absolutely ran over myself included almost where it's just like, you take what they offer you. It's great in the moment, but then you, you're kind of stuck with this like heap on your back for six months. And so really think about that long-term and just before you make a decision on like which partner you go with and how much money they give you versus percentage of sales versus whatever, just negotiate it and get as much as you can in your favor while also being fair to them. Like, and you'll see, like you'll, you would have saved like thousands there just from doing that. And even if you're stuck in one right now too, this is also huge. We did this as well. If you're stuck in one that you took two months ago and it's kind of eating you alive, um, communicate with them. Don't not, like don't not tell them and then start defaulting. Like just approach them, tell them what's going on. Um, and they'll help you out. Like it's kind of their job to, it's their role too, because it's better than defaulting.